Hello, and thank you for listening to Girl Wonder. My name is Joe Rochelle, and I'm just your everyday girl talking about your favorite webtoons. If you find yourself reading webtoons all the time and you are still craving more content, then you are absolutely in the right place. And just in case you didn't know, you can listen to this podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you choose to listen on. In this episode, we are talking about episodes 125 to 130 of I Love You by Quimchi. Speaking of Quimchi, did you know that she has a Patreon page where you can support the author of a webtoon that you really enjoy? It's at www.patreon.com slash Quimchi, has tons of levels, and it's a great opportunity to support a wonderful artist. The link to that is in the description box of this podcast episode. And if you find yourself enjoying this episode, consider joining my Patreon at patreon.com slash girlwonder. The link to that is also in the description box. And before we start, our top cities who have listened to this podcast the most in the last seven days are Minneapolis, Union, San Leandro, Houston, Dallas, Shelbyville, Miami, Valley Center, and Frederick. Thank you guys so much for listening. All right, let's get into it. I Love You, episode 125. We begin with Yui talking to Kosuke all about his drunken night out and how he appeared on WMZ, which we have to assume is this world's TMZ. I love how Quimchi uses W's all the time. Like, instead of McDonald's, it's Whackdonald's. <laughs> I think that's really great. I have a theory And I bet a lot of other people feel this way too about Kosuke's mom, but I have a theory where pretty much everything she says is a lie. I would say 85% of what she says is a lie. And a lot of people have been talking about how when her eyes are closed, she's lying because she rarely opens her eyes in conversations. And maybe that's just a way of Quimchi telling us that this person's lying. Well, it feels like everything she's saying is a lie. She's saying that she's not really upset with Kosuke for, you know, having a drunken night out. She's giving him all these justifications for why his behavior wasn't that inappropriate. And I think that it's pretty good that Kosuke, he thinks his behavior was improper. He's like, he's the one being hard on himself. It's interesting seeing that dynamic between a mother and a son and how he's the one being hard on himself. And she's the one being like, eh, it's fine. I don't know if she really believes it's fine. You know, I just don't believe anything, she says. So Yui asks Hanske, Kosuke's cousin, how his mom is, how her sister is. She says, it's been so long since I heard from her. I worry about my older sister sometimes. It hurts that she's not very communicative with me. And that makes me think of a few things. One, Yui drives everyone away. That is something she does. We have seen it. She has driven her husband to a place where they do not have a loving relationship. Perhaps her husband has had a part in that too. It takes two to tango. I'm sure he's done some things to drive them apart as well. But also when she was talking with Yu Jing in previous episodes, and Yu Jing's like, I'm getting out of here. Bye. Like people leave when Yui is around. She does not have long conversations with anyone. They're always trying to get rid of her or get away from her. And it seems like her older sister is one of those people because what she's saying to Hanske right now, it just feels so manipulative. Like they can't even have an honest conversation. I don't believe her. I don't think her tone of voice is, 
I worry about my older sister sometimes. I think it's actually quite manipulative. She's trying to manipulate Hanske right now into getting what she wants, which is back in contact with her sister. So my theory with her is that she might end up driving Kosuke away at some point in this webtoon. There may be a wedge placed between mother and son, and we just have to start considering what could be the cause of that. Because it's not going to just be words. It's going to be some kind of action that Yui does to push her son away. I feel like he's her one of her last allies, one of the last people who like puts up with her and doesn't run from her because... Obviously, that's his mom. It would take a lot for him to leave and to not want to have anything to do with her. But I think that's a possibility. So Yui tells her nephew, could you tell her that I miss her, please? Still trying to get what she wants out of Hanske. And Hanske gets the heck out of there. Like what I just say about Yui pushing people away so that they can't even be in close proximity to her. He gets out of there. He leaves. And it's just Kosuke and his mom now. And all in all, she says she's not mad at him. She says this whole incident that's in the tabloids right now makes him look more human. I can't tell if she really believes that. I think she's like, okay, it doesn't ruin my plans. Whatever plans I have for Kosuke, it doesn't upend them. It doesn't ruin them completely. That's how I feel she's she's viewing this whole thing. Like, she's not pleased. If she could have it her way, he wouldn't have done that. But it didn't ruin her plans, so it's fine. Kosuke is really the one who's beating himself up here. He tells his mom, after a few seconds of conversation, he tells his mom that Noel is going to interview at a college in England. And I know that's been bothering him, that Noel is going to go to his dad's alma mater. I think that's been needling at Kosuke. That's why he called Noel at the bar. That's why he mistook someone at the bar for Noel. It is all up in his head. And so it makes sense that he'd share it with his mom. But I think all of us as readers were like, no, don't tell her. She hates Noel and is trying to ruin his life. She's actively trying to ruin his life. Please don't tell your mom about his future plans. But he does. And then Yui says something that is very chilling and quite evil, something we expect of her. She says, it would be such a shame if something prevented him from succeeding. Who says that, you guys? Who says that? <laughs> this is why I have this podcast, so I can talk to people about Yui and all the crazy schemes she has going and how mean-spirited she is towards towards Noel. Because my husband doesn't read this one. I don't have any friends who read I Love You. So I only have you guys. And I'm just like, who would say something like that and actually want something good to happen to the person they're talking about? She obviously wants to prevent him from succeeding. She is saying the opposite. I think when Kimchi writes her dialogue, she's like, okay, everything... She's saying she believes the opposite because that's how she comes off. At the hospital, Dieter, Shin A, and Minyuk are there to bring food to Shin A's father to pay him a visit because he's been in the hospital. For us, it feels like forever. I feel like he's been in the hospital for years, but it's, it hasn't been that long in their world. So Dieter is really, really nervous and it gave me so many laugh out loud moments. He was so scared to meet Shin A's father. He just could not. He could not bring himself to do it. And so I also laughed so much when I saw that Min Yuk's mom is so into Shanae's dad that she's like force feeding him. She was trying so hard to get him to eat quiches, to get him to eat tarts. And he's like, I am lactose intolerant. Please leave me alone. But he probably beyond being lactose intolerant can just tell that this woman has feelings for him. 
and isn't ready to reciprocate that or he's not ready for romance in his life quite yet. That's kind of how I feel. And so Shin A and Min Hyuk walk in and Dieter's just gone. He straight up disappeared. He was like, nope. He noped himself all the way out of there. And so it's just the four of them. It's Shin A, Min Hyuk, and their parents in the hospital room joking around. And seeing them all together really made me smile. It felt like old times, even though we haven't seen these old times, we know they exist for Shin A and her one like really close friend and their families to connect. And it just really made me smile. And it gave me happy family vibes. And speaking of family, that comes up a lot in the next few episodes. I feel like that's a strong theme in this webtoon in general. And Shin A's family in particular is something that's full of mystery that we get to talk about. And I'm so excited to talk to you about. So Shin A finds out that her dad is going to be able to go home in a few days and that their apartment will be safe because the landlord installed some new security cameras, changed the locks, did all of that good stuff so they don't have to completely worry about an intruder, you know, attacking her out of nowhere again. Meanwhile, we get to see what Dieter is up to since he just peaced out and left in the hospital room, didn't even make it in, but he is in another part of the hospital where he sees Maya, Minyuk's sister, and Behind her, sitting at another table, is someone who looks extremely familiar. And when I tell you, my jaw dropped because I've been waiting for this character to reappear. And it is Shin A's supposed sister, who looks so much like Shin A. If we're going to be real, you guys, she looks so much like her. So Peach Ari commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, Behind Shin A's sister is a book with Victor Hugo on it who is the author of Les Miserables. Shanae's dad was reading that book a few episodes back and said he got it from a lady in the lounge. Maybe Shanae's sister gave it to him? Maybe Mr. Yu met the sister without already realizing it. That blew my mind. First of all, I wish, I aspire to be this, like, this um, detail-oriented when it comes to this webtoon because... Y'all catch things that I do not catch. And this is one of those things because I definitely noticed when he was reading Les Miserables. It was back in episode 115. And we talked about it in the podcast because some commenters were saying Les Miserables is a story of redemption. And it's a story about a man named Jean Valjean who ends up taking care of a child, a girl named Cosette, who is not his own child, but he treats her like a daughter. Is Quimchi trying to tell us something? Here's the thing. I think Shin A looks like her dad. And I think Shin A's sister looks like her sister. They are like identical, if not for the age difference. They look so much alike. So I don't think there's like a daughter who's not their daughter. I don't know what to believe. But Quimchi is really trying to nail Les Miserables into our heads. So what do you guys think it means? I love that musical. It's like my favorite musical. And I never read the book, so I'm sure there's differences between the two. But overall, it really is a story about redemption and a story about restoring what you've lost and maybe gaining even more than that. That's how it always felt to me. So hopefully, if I could apply that to this story, maybe... Maybe the family will reunite 
and it'll be even better than it ever was before. <laughs> That's my hope. Of course, I go to like the, the, the most hopeful parts. There's also lots of death. There's a war in Les Miserables, you know, they're fighting in the French Revolution and there's tons of deaths in that. And, and there feels like there's going to be a war in this webtoon. Every single beat with the Hiraharas, with, you know, Noel on one side and Kosuke on the other and parents to back them up and to root for one of the brothers to be the successor. Doesn't that feel like a little bit of a war? Hmm. If you guys have any Les Miserables theories, please, 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 please reach out to me because I'm dying to know what you think about that. I can't, I've gone as far as I can go with my own mind. I really want to know why Victor Hugo and Les Miserables is showing up in this webtoon so much because one time it's like, okay, she was just thinking like, what could the dad be reading in this hospital room? Two times now feels like a hint to something bigger. So my takeaway from this episode is ultimately that Yui is out for Noel's blood. And a war is coming where she is trying to put her son Kosuke in the best position possible and basically to cut off any kind of possibility for success for Noel. I really don't want to see her do that. So we're just going to have to wait and see what happens next. In episode 126, Dieter tells Maya that there is a girl that looks exactly like Shin A right behind her, and they whisper loud enough about her that she can totally hear them, and it's not discreet at all, and she's probably already paying attention to them if we think about it. She's been stalking Shin A for a long time. She knows who Shin A is hangs out with like Maya, like Dieter. So she was already probably paying attention, but the whispering and the looking behind at her. Yeah, she she's like that you guys aren't slick at all. So Shanae's sister actually acknowledges them before leaving. She goes up to them. It's like, hey, can I help you with something? I saw that you were looking at me. She's pretty bold to do that because Dieter, Dieter freaks out. I mean, his anxiety was all the way up. He told Maya, this makes me so anxious right now. And I can see why, because it's just really weird. You know someone might be Shin A's family, but they're also spending a lot of time following her around and she shows up whenever and she intruded into the apartment. It's just a lot to handle, but she does acknowledge them. And when she leaves, Dieter thinks for a second and then he follows her. He follows right behind her. And she appears. For a second, he thought he lost her, but Shin A's sister is very sneaky, and she shows up when she wants to be seen. So she does, and they talk for a second. I want to say it's a bit of a vulnerable conversation for Shin A's sister. She says things that could be read as vulnerable. She says she knows who Dieter is. She just comes out with it. I know who you are. You know, I've been following Shin A for a while, so I know who she associates herself with. She also says, I only wanted to see how she was doing and how our father was doing, but I'm ashamed of showing my face to them now after what I did. And my big question is, can we believe her? Can we believe what she's saying is true? Because Dieter then says, well, Shin A and her dad are here at the hospital right now, as you know. You could go apologize to them. You could just, you know squash the problem right now and say you're sorry and tell them what you were trying to do and how it got misconstrued along the way. She has an opportunity here, but Shanae's sister immediately goes no, and it has an exclamation point. 
It's a no with an exclamation point and then says, I need to mentally prepare myself more and I need to give them some more time to heal. Can we trust that? See, right now she's acting like she's really, really scared. But before, when she was walking up to Dieter and Maya who were sitting down, she seemed really in control of herself and really like chill and cool and confident and bold and confronting people who were talking about her right in front of her. She was like, yeah, I'm going to confront that and then walk away and get the upper hand in that situation. But now she's like, oh, I can't talk to them. I need more time. I need more time to defuse the situation. And I just feel so bad. That could be true. Okay. On one hand, Dieter and Maya, she's not scared of what they think of her, but her sister and her father, I could see being really anxious about that. On the other hand, she was listening when Dieter said, I'm really anxious right now. Like his anxiety was all the way up and she heard that. Could this be her trying to appeal to him so that she doesn't have to see them? Because there's a bigger reason why she doesn't want to see Shin A and her father. Oh boy, I feel like it could go both ways. It could be a little bit of both. I don't trust that everything she's saying right now is 100% sincere. I think she has an ulterior motive, but I don't know if it's an evil one or a bad one at all. I just think that uh, uh, it's tough. I wish I knew more about her. You know, we're just getting little bits and pieces and I want to know more about Shin A's sister. So she asks him for a small favor. And then we cut to Min Yuk getting a text message from Maya about the sister slash intruder being at the hospital. So they go off. Min Yuk and Shin A leave to, you know, confront this intruder. And then they find Dieter all alone, but that small favor is really a letter that he is passing on to Shin A. And that's how the episode ends, with us wanting to see this letter and being on the edge of our seats, waiting to see what's going to happen. Majestic Seahorse 3000 commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, it's literally Shin A in like three years. Exactly. That is exactly how I feel. She is Shin A. There is she just looks so much like her. So all the skepticism about whether that's her sister, I feel like, yeah, that's her sister for sure. How else would you find someone who looks exactly the same? And then OK Let's Jam commented and said, let us not forget this entire story started with these sisters being separated. I think that's a really good point. I actually went back to the prologue and read the first few episodes after that. It is a story of two sisters separated you know, that's the crux of it. And that has made Shin A into the person that she is now. So we can't forget that that's like one of the main tenets of the story. That is like why we're here to figure out if this family can reunite and if she can like feel the part of herself that's missing, if it could come back. I think that's a big part of the story. The way it was introduced at the very beginning, it wasn't like there are these two guys I like. No, <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't that kind of story, though we sometimes ran with it that way. No, 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 no. It is a story about two sisters, and so I'm glad this comment brought us back to that. Here's a comment from someone named Jania who said, Shanae's sister sounded manipulative. Like, I am pretty sure she only brought up anxiety because she overheard him saying it, and she tried to be relatable. Like, she is too shy to talk, but is brave enough to stalk and break in. Doesn't sound convincing. I'm really torn. I'm, I'm starting to think she's hiding something, but I don't know if it's a bad thing that she's hiding. That's where I've landed on this. I need more information. I am suspicious because it's healthy to be suspicious of someone who broke into the apartment. 
hands down, if that happened to any of us, we would be suspicious of that person. No matter what they were saying, you'd just wonder until they proved themselves to not be a suspicious person. One way to do it would have been to show up and say, hey guys, I'm so sorry I did that. I don't know what was going through my mind. Dieter offered her that option and she did not take it. So we're, we're still suspicious and it's fair to be suspicious until we figure out what's going on. So my takeaway from this episode is that Shin A's sister wants something. She has a goal in mind that she's been working toward for a long time and we just have to figure out what it is. In episode 127, Dieter wonders if Shin A's sister is being genuine. Aren't we all? That is our main question right now. <laughs> so Shin A and Min Hyuk think that it's ridiculous because Dieter's kind of on the side that maybe she is, you know, maybe she's serious and she's trying to amend for things that she's done and she's your sister and it's okay. But Min Hyuk is like on the opposite end of the spectrum with that. So Shin A peeps that letter, which starts with my dearest sister. And it just, I think it brings her so much stress, honestly, to be in this situation right now. But they go to return to the dad's room and Dieter peeks his head in, just a little bit of his head. And it's so funny. I was laughing out loud because Shin A's dad was like, hey, you, I see you. And Dieter just disappears. It's like, poof, Dieter is gone. He ran all the way home, probably. And I laughed so hard. He just doesn't, he's too scared. He's too scared. He can't meet his crush's father. He's not prepared for that yet. So yeah, the apartment is ready and Shin A can go back there tonight if she wants. She has to pick up the new keys because the locks have changed and she's going to do that pretty much today. And what Shin A doesn't do is she doesn't tell her father anything about what just happened. She doesn't tell him, I just saw my sister and she gave me a letter. Do you want to read it together? It's just not the kind of topic she can she can talk about with her father. At least that's how it seems to me. So instead of saying like, hey, dad, some crazy stuff is going on and I don't know if I can handle this alone. She goes into the bathroom of his hospital room to read the letter in privacy and what it is, is it's basically an apology. It's it's great how Quim Chi has the whole letter there, but we can't read all of it. We don't know exactly all of what it says. You can just see some of the sentences. And we can see a picture of young Shin A with the date 0419, April 19th, probably. So we don't know what year it is. And it's not really important. We can see how young she is. That is the exact outfit she was wearing it seems the last time she saw her sister. Go with me back to the prologue. Shin A is wearing this like little overall outfit. Like she's wearing overalls, she's playing with a truck, her sister's playing with a doll, and it's very symbolic. And at that moment, her dad is on the, I assume a park bench or a bench somewhere outside, just in despair. The mom is kind of in business clothes, arms crossed, not really, happy about what's going on in her body language and then she out of nowhere from Shin A's perspective just takes 
her sister away from her. And that must be the last time they ever really felt close. And that's what that picture is from. It's from Shin A holding the truck in the prologue of this webtoon. So yes, this is a story about two sisters, you guys. It's really happening. All right, things are coming together now. It's just interesting that the picture is ripped. I don't know what that means. And also, who took that picture? Was it the mom? Was it the dad? The dad looked really like distraught in that situation. I think it might have been the mom or someone else. Maybe there was another person there. We don't even know. Shin A might not even remember, but someone took that picture of the two of them. And so the letter has that picture and it also has words like, she is no longer with us, which means her mom might be gone. Her mom might be dead, which is a big piece of news to receive in a letter. I also saw like, I know where you live was in there. And it seems like she wants to meet up. But I know where you live being a sentence on its own was a little creepy. Not gonna lie. So Shin A finally comes out of the bathroom. It took her a while. Her dad was like, are you okay? She had to make up a lie about eating the hamburgers too fast and making her stomach upset. But now her mind is reeling because she sees the picture. So this this person's probably her sister for sure. If there was any doubt about like how we look alike, how do you have this picture of me when I was so young? And my parents don't even, like my dad doesn't even have a picture of me when I was this young, right? And her mom possibly being dead. I feel like so bad for Shin A. I feel so bad because she feels like she has to go through this alone. And a part of it is that she does have to go through this alone because she asks her father, do you know how my mother and sister are doing these days? And he says, I don't know, but that's none of our business, so let's not talk about them. I can't blame Shin A for feeling like she has to shoulder all of these things alone because her dad, because of his own pain that he's going through, shut her completely down. That wasn't someone who's like, all right, hon, let's talk about this. You know, you and me only, let's talk about what happened. Shin A doesn't really know what happened. She doesn't feel close to her mother, but now she knows that her mom is possibly dead. You know, if she can believe the letter, it's, it's, it's rough. I feel bad for our girl here. So he shut that conversation all the way down. He even closed off his body language, turned away from his daughter and was trying to move on. And he was just really, really tense about it. Like, I wish they could go through some family counseling to deal with this because it's a big deal. And he has some hurts and some pains that he needs to be able to express so that he doesn't just have them dwelling inside of him, building up because that's what's happening, and he's shutting his daughter down when she needs somebody to confide in. So the episode ends with Shin A approaching the apartment, kind of looking at it hopefully because she hopes that her sister will be there. Pogoff commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, her extreme skepticism and her father's avoidance of the subject really has me curious about what went on. Same here. I'm dying to know what went on, what separated the family, Because yeah, she says my parents split, but typically, not typically, but a lot of the time, if parents split, they share custody. It's not just like, I get one child, you get the other, like the parent trap, which is like, that's, that's so sad for the children. So what happened for real? I'd love to know. My takeaway from this episode is basically that Shin A doesn't know what to believe and neither do I. But we got some real insight into why she's such a guarded person because she had somebody that she seemed to love very much. She had a family that I believe she was happy in and then it was just ripped away from her. Rereading that prologue, just rereading the first few episodes of the webtoon 
really reminds us that like she was bullied after that. She's been through a lot and she's had to shoulder a lot all on her own. And so now seeing her dad react to just the mention of her mother and sister, he's like, that's none of our business and none of our concern, basically. It's just like, oh, now I understand why Shin A is the way that she is. Episode 128, Min-hyuk is waiting at the apartment. He knows Shin-a very well, and he really didn't want her to show up there alone because he noticed how weird she was with her letter, with her father, and he was like, if you're here to meet your sister slash intruder person, I don't want you to be here alone. So he also invited Dieter, who's like, sorry, I ditched you guys at the hospital, but I'm here now. So that's good. I really love that kid. It's funny how we met him first and Shin A rejected him. So in my mind, I rejected him for Shin A, right? But he's just really there for her. He's so sweet. And he seems to understand her really well. I, I do like them. So... The landlord hands over the keys and the two guys are like, we're going to enter the apartment first, make sure it's safe for you. And there's no sister in sight when they enter. It seems pretty clear. I tried to look for any clues. I was like, maybe the sister's hiding behind the couch. I'm starting to be paranoid now looking for details like you guys, but I didn't see any of that. So Dieter and Min Hyuk have a little conversation while Shin A is out on the balcony rereading the letter, and the guys basically talk about how little they know about Shin A's family. Like, Min Hyuk is her best friend, and he barely knows more than we do. Like, we feel like we don't know things. They don't know things either about what happened to her family and what happened in her past. Min Hyuk says, I tried getting her to share more. But every time I did, she would get really uncomfortable. And her father is the same way. I've gotten more info out of him, but he gets pretty defensive. And I want to highlight that word defensive. I feel like that's an interesting way to put it. Like, he doesn't feel super sad or super frustrated. He gets defensive about it. What does that mean? What do you guys think? What does that mean that he's defensive when you bring them up? Like, when you feel defensive, it's because you... Are trying to protect yourself sometimes from something you did wrong or you feel like you're being attacked so maybe he feels like they blamed him for the split like maybe shin a's mom blamed him for what was going on in the family you know his alcoholism they were yelling at each other a lot and so maybe he doesn't want to take responsibility i don't know i'm reading into it a lot but that word defensive instead she could have used any word Kim, she could have said i tried talking to him and i've gotten more info out of him but he gets pretty heartbroken it's not heartbroken it's defensive so that's a clue into what's going on with them so out on the balcony shin a is just contemplating her whole life and i don't blame her it's just it's so much to deal with she is looking at that picture that came in the letter and it is weird that the picture is ripped because I assume the other part of it would be her sister in the picture. It's weird that she didn't leave it intact or that it's not intact. Did her mom rip it up and Shin A's sister like gather the scrap and set like out of the trash or something? Ooh, I'm just reading into things, but is it possible? And just my imagination is going, you guys. So Shin A is wondering if she should meet up with her sister and whether she should care that her mom might be dead. 
what a crazy life where she's not even sure if she should care that if her mom's gone, should she feel anything about that? And it's hard because she doesn't even remember what her mom looked like. So Min Yuk shows up and Shanae kind of wants to hide everything. He asks her, what's wrong? And she says, it's nothing. And he asks her about the letter and she says it wasn't anything important. And I think some of the commenters on the webtoon were feeling like Min Yuk is being super overprotective of her. In this moment, I don't think so. I do think there is, in this moment, I don't think so. Because there is some sort of benefit to expressing how you feel and not keeping it to yourself. Who does Shin A have to talk about this stuff with to bounce ideas off of? If not her friends, who? So I don't think it's bad that he's trying to get her to open up and not keep it all to herself. This is a lot. Someone just found out that their parent might be dead. You shouldn't have to handle that all alone. So I'm glad that he's there for her and kind of pushes her to share, even though she doesn't end up doing it right here. We cut to Noel, who is listening to some drunk voicemails from Kosuke. <laughs> Kosuke was so threatened by him ever since they had that conversation where Noel told him that he is going to interview in England. I feel like Kosuke's felt inadequate comparing himself to Noel. The episode ends with Noel going to open the door because someone is there and that someone is Kosuke's mother, Yui. And of course, I was like, no, get away. <laughs> you know, that's like your first thing. But also you're like here to see what kind of drama ensues and hopeful that Kosuke's Nana is going to put her in her place, rightfully so. So Kao Manu commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, Min Yuk is the brother Shin A never had, period. I agree with that. I'm so happy he's in her life because... He's not going to be perfect. He's not going to be the perfect brother to her, but he does care. And I really, really appreciate that she has someone like that because, oof, her doing this alone is just not an option. Soapy commented and said, Yui just entered his safe space. She's violating the last piece of safety he has. I didn't even view it that way, but it's true. Noel is in his home, enjoying his evening on his own. His life is kind of a huge burden for him to bear, and he is doing it as best as he can. So for her to walk into his his space, it is it is a lot. She did that on purpose. She could have met up with Noel somewhere else. He leaves the he leaves his place from time to time. This could have been done outside or publicly somewhere, or she could have invited him over to her space, but she decided to just trot on into his. And I think that's a power play for Yui. All right. Marin VF commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, I am dying to see how Nana deals with that wretched woman. So am I. So my takeaway from this episode is that Shin A is a lone wolf. It's hard for her to open up and trust others and express her like deepest, darkest worries and anxiety with others. And she'd rather shoulder that heavy burden all by herself. But here's hoping that she can continue, as she has been doing, to open up to those that she can actually trust, who have proven that they are there for her time and time again, so that she doesn't have to go through this alone.
episode 129 as Yui is marching herself right into Noel's space. She starts off with, what's wrong, kid? You look a little pale today. You don't feel sick, do you? Already with the mind games, she is so happy that she caught him off guard, that she showed up here unannounced, and Noel just has to lie. I think, I don't know why he does it, but he lies and says that it's just him alone. His Nana's not here. And Yui mentions the 70-inch TV and the open layout of the place, and she says, I'm glad you're living a much more comfortable life. I would hate to see you move backwards. She really, really despises him, right? Everything she says is a lie, including that. She's upset that that her husband gave him a nice TV, and she's jealous and mad that Noel has a comfortable place to live and to lay his head at night. Like, she's upset about it. I would hate to see you move backwards. She would love to see him move backwards in life and not have anything. I think she'd like to see him in jail. Let's just be clear. She wants to see him in a prison cell. That is how Yui feels. And that makes her such a villain in this webtoon. I can't stand her because I love Noel so much and he doesn't deserve any of this. He and Shin A sure have a hard time. So does everyone though, to be fair. Yeah, everyone goes through some some struggles and this is his. So Yui is here to drop the bomb of she moved up his court date to the 16th and she appoint, she made sure a new judge was appointed as well. And I know that can't be good. Maybe she found a judge who will be harsher on Noel, right? And maybe she moved up that court date so he would have to miss his interview. That's that's the first thing that comes to mind. She is here to sabotage. That is her gameplay here. If it's a war between two brothers, she's not on Noel's side. She is here to fire some shots and to make sure that he falls before the war even begins. She's not in it for a fair fight. And I don't like that at all. Because here's what she says. I don't want anything to get in the way of you going to school in England. Lies. Lies. (laughs) She is lying. She wants to get in the way of him going to school in England. So here's what I love about this episode. I love how Nana inserts herself into this conversation because she just shows up out of nowhere talking and completely catches us off guard as the reader and Yui off guard. She says, Oh my goodness, I love the way you've done your hair today. I almost couldn't tell it looks so full and healthy. Wow. Wow, you guys. I aspire to be like Nana. She went for the jugular on that one because you know, you know Yui is insecure about her hair, but Yui's over here like spewing poison on Noel, just trying to knock him down whenever she sees him. And then she takes joy in the fact that he is looking a bit pale upon her arrival, he doesn't want to see you. And she's like, yes, I got him. So it's nice to see the reverse of that where (laughs) Nana's like, got him, (laughs) gotcha. So she is surprised to see her there. She's like, Noel did not tell me that you were here. And I just feel like Nana's also doing the thing where everything she's saying isn't true, but it works to defeat Yui. So she says, you really need to tell me where you go to achieve that look of yours. She's complimenting her, but she's also trying to tear her down in the very same way that Yui does it. I feel like this is a masterclass in how to handle Yui. And the way to do it is, I guess, to come back at her with compliments of your own and some self-deprecating humor, which is something that Nana does because, you know, she's like, oh, I could never pull that off. Or, oh, you, your face isn't expressive so that, you know, you don't get wrinkles. It's too late for me. I look like a burlap sack. Saying stuff like that is just 
she puts herself down so that Yui can't do it, I think. It's like a mind, it's a strategy. It's some mind games are going on here. They're definitely playing games with each other and not being straightforward, which is the best kind of dialogue whenever you're watching a show or whenever you're watching a movie. It's called the game of the scene. And the game of the scene here is lies. It's like cutting each other with these lies and these compliments, but nothing is true. But one true thing that comes out is that apparently these two women haven't seen each other in five years. I would totally read a short spinoff comic about their how they came to know each other and how they've related to each other in the years. Because Yui tries to hug her and Nana says, I'll pass. Whoa, Nana, I freaking love her. She will not be coerced into doing something she doesn't want to do. And yeah, she says, it's because I'm wet from the shower and I wouldn't want to ruin your beautiful coat. But also, that's not true. You don't want to hug that woman. You're not going to pretend with her that far to hug each other. No, you're not going to do that. So Nana offers to cook dinner, you know, hospitality and all that. And Yui gets the heck out of there. So she knew that she lost this battle. She's not going to be able to mess with Noel anymore, especially with Nana here. So she starts to head for the door. And they talk about, like, next time, let me know so that you can have dinner. And Yui says, be prepared next time. And Nana says, oh, I'm sure I will be. Same thing goes for you, sweetie. You guys, how crazy is that? (laughs) I loved it. I wanted more of it. It was so good. So Noel is just super stressed out by her visit. Nana could handle it. It didn't bother her at all. But Noel, he's like over there clenching his hands, saying that he needs to relax. And Nana feels bad. So she gets on the piano and she plays a song that Noel's mother apparently recommended for her to play when it was time for him to go to bed. And it worked every time. And so Noel gets over there on the piano bench with his Nana. And it's such a sweet moment where he says, I miss her. And she does too. They both do. My takeaway from this episode is that Yui wants to ruin Noel's life, but he's also got people in his corner, people who will stand up for him and have his back. So she better watch out. In episode 130, Min Hyuk reads the letter, and I'm so happy that Shin A decided to open up and let him see it as well. Shin A's sister wants Shin A to write her back and hopes that they can properly reunite one day. Min Hyuk doesn't believe any of it for a minute, not even the photo. He thinks it's super suspicious that it's ripped, and he's just like, this could be a total scam. But Shin A says she might be the real deal, and Dieter agrees. I don't know where I land. I'm somewhere, I I agree with all three of them, that there's something fishy about how the sister is approaching things, but there's also, I think she might be the real deal too. So I wonder if Min Hyuk, because he gets really obstinate and kind of ticked off in this episode, I would say. I wonder if he's feeling that way because, you know, he sees himself as Shin A's family. So a new sister, a long lost sister that she loved showing up out of the blue, that kind of bothers him and makes him a little bit jealous, don't you think? I think that's a part of it. So Min Hyuk says, if you two really want to meet up with her, then go ahead, but don't say I didn't warn you if things go wrong. And he kind of storms out, especially after learning that 
Shin A still works for the Hirahara's. He's just like not happy with her life path right now and how she's doing things that don't make her really that happy. On the way home, Dieter whispers to Shin A, Min Hyuk is really protective of you, isn't he? Maybe a bit too protective. I understand there are dangers out there, but he shouldn't treat you like you can't do anything on your own. That I can agree with. She's not incapable of doing things independently, obviously. Shinae has been an independent person for a long time. I think Min Hyuk sees the part of her that doesn't ask for help and can get into like crappy situations and just spare them by herself. And that bothers him. So he that does make him a bit more protective now that he's in her life. Shin A says that they view each other like family, and she doesn't blame Min Hyuk based on her past in middle school. And that's what we can't forget. She has been through it with bullies, you guys. He has felt like he missed out on the opportunity to be there for her just by being gone, and that's what bubbles up in him as well. I think it's that plus the jealousy of like Shin A's sibling coming into play and maybe replacing him. I think it could be both at once. At work... Kosuke is still obsessing about those tabloids. Jace tells him the new assistant will be completing her etiquette class soon. And Kosuke says, take me to Miss Yu. I want to see her progress. And I want to talk about this moment, this final moment that we get before, you know, the webtoon goes on hiatus. It's caused some clashing of opinions in the fandom. And that's how you know your webtoon is good if people can have 100% opposite opinions of things. It shows that they've really connected to your characters and that they care a lot about what happens to them. And I want to discuss what we see and what we don't see in this scene because I've seen people say that Kosuke has been predatory and um, creepy and just maybe possibly grooming Shin A. We've seen all of those terms and we've also seen people say Kosuke is just, you know, this is who he is. A part of him is a bit socially inept. So this is how he talks to Shin A. He's been doing it since the start of the webtoon. And, you know, he's not trying to like be with this young girl who's 17. So let's just talk through what we do see in the webtoon. Looking at her through glass doors, Kosuke is still discussing Miss Yu as she's with like her etiquette teacher. And he's just watching her from outside. He says, You should have seen the way she was weeks ago. The indignity I had to suffer because of her impropriety. Let's hope she keeps up with it. I can only tolerate so much. And then Kosuke walks in. The lady in charge of Shin A's etiquette lessons says, We don't have much left to learn of the basics. She will be ready for you soon. Here's the thing. She probably wasn't trying to be creepy, that lady right there. But that, of course, when I first read this episode, was I was like, whoa. That's a weird thing to say to this grown man about this high school girl. She will be ready for you soon. I mean, it can be taken out of context, but you've like changed who Shin A naturally presents herself as in life, right? And you're like, I've made her into something that you will like. And that lady in that moment, that sentence was really weird, really creepy for me. Um, Behind Kosuke's back, Shin A glares at him. And then when he looks at her, she like looks away. And then there's this moment where he looks her up and down. And I think what we have to think about is as he's doing this, he's talking. And what he's saying is, this is quite an improvement. I'm seeing Miss You. I am delighted. And I am delighted is like in really big font and it's in bold. You had me worried at first, but you are well on your way to becoming a respectable adult. 
And let's be honest, if this were in TV or film, the camera would pan down Shin A's body representing Kosuke's point of view, because that's what's happening in this comic. We as a scrolling audience are scrolling down Shin A's body in her outfit and in her heels and in her poise, looking at her poised self now that she's gone through etiquette classes, and we are representing Kosuke's point of view. So he is looking at her body, appraising her. He gives her all these compliments, and she says thanks, and then somewhere along in the conversation, he says, who knows, you might even be able to travel to Japan soon, which I know shocks the heck out of Shin A. She's like, Japan? And he says, yeah, because I might get the next position. It'll be a huge promotion for me. I'm very well likely to get it. And then as my assistant, you can travel with me for opportunities. That is weird though, Kosuke, because <laughs> she's so young. I don't know if he, like, okay, a part of me is like, he is socially inept. He, I went back to the beginning of the webtoon just to see Kosuke's behavior throughout the webtoon. Is Kimchi what is the author's intent here? Is Kimchi trying to show us that he's being predatory? Is Kimchi trying to show us that he's socially inept and just really self-involved in this moment where he's just thinking about himself and he's not even remembering what, he's not even noticing what this looks like? Um, I'm not sure. I came up with not knowing because when he first meets Shin A, do you guys remember how that happened? He was at the Hirahara party and he tripped her because he was going for some tiramisu and he got the food and he made her spill all of her food. He called her names. He called her a fat ass. He, um, you know, was just being peak Kosuke. She called him Q-tip for the first time. And he's not that different now from that person who doesn't think Shin A is okay the way that she is. This is just my own personal opinion, of course. And I don't hate Kosuke at all. I actually felt my heart go out to him when he was really drunk at the party and just going through all the things that he's going through and the manipulation of his own mother. I feel for him a lot of the time. I think he is not comfortable with who Shin A is. He says it straight up. The indignity I had to suffer because of her impropriety. She wasn't perfect as the assistant here, but like she also wasn't hunting for this job. You guys, he pulled her into the Hirahara world. She wasn't trying to work here really hard. She just was in a place where she needed to. And I think it's a little much to send her to etiquette classes. She doesn't have to wear heels at work. She could have worn nice ballet flats a pair of pants and like a nice little blazer and looked real cute. She'd get some nice blazer from Zara and go on her way. But Kosuke has this vision of what his assistant needs to look like. And it's a little micromanaging for me personally. I am not sure that Kimchi's trying to say that Kosuke is this creepy predator who sees Shin A in a sexual way. I'm not sure about that. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I will say that if Shin A were my daughter and she's 17 in this situation with her boss, I'd be like, this is hella creepy and I don't like it and you will not be going to Japan with him. You have to be careful. I think what we're realizing in this time, especially now, I think that's influencing a lot of us readers is the time. Maybe Kimchi planned this out like four years ago and this is a plot point that was always going to be here. But in this current time in 2020, People are being called out for like inappropriate behavior and a lot of men are being exposed for like grooming women. And I think that's at the top of our minds right now. And what really makes me have trouble coming up with a decision 
on exactly how I feel about Kosuke because right now I just I need to see more. Is he really going to try to take her to Japan? Is he really, is he going to do another pan up her body? Because then I'll know, like, okay, something's going on with him here, right? I want to see more because this is a comic. We cannot hear Kosuke's tone of voice when he says, I am delighted. We can assume what he's saying it like, but it could be a thing that he's not being creepy. Creepiness comes through tone and nuance. And same with like men grooming women and all that stuff. There is nuance to it. And you can spot it a mile away when you can hear it and when you can visually see it happening in the moment. But because it's a comic and we only get pictures and we can only hear our own minds as we read, I can see why people feel two different things. But like I said, if Shanae was my daughter, I'd be like, get out of there. No, 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 no. Especially now in 2020, when I see these things going on, I'd be like, no, 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 no. Get out of there. You don't need that job. Work yourself at McDonald's. As long as your manager there isn't being creepy, do it. But like I said, I want to see more of Kosuke. I really need to know more about his past. I really want to explore more about this character and what he, what does he truly think of Shanae? Because... I don't know. We haven't seen a lot of thought bubbles of him thinking about Shin A. And I'd just love to like respectfully discuss this with more people because I'm enjoying the different points of view and broadening my character analysis because he is a very complex character. We can all agree on that. He has layers. There's a lot going on in his life. And the same thing of Noel and the same thing of Shin A. So the episode ends with Shin A saying, I'm thinking about quitting. And I was like, yes, girl, because beyond what we want to say about this interaction, she's not been happy here just in general. So I want her to be free and pursue the things that she wants to pursue. My takeaway from this episode is that I want Shin A to be able to get out of the web of the Hirahara family because Yui is like a web maker. And she's trying to stick people into her web and devour them later. Just wrap them up and spin them up and spin them around and then just eat them later. And I want her to get out of Yui's clasps. I just don't want Yui to bother Shin A anymore. And one way to do that is to stop working here. So I'm rooting for that decision. And I am thinking of Kimchi as she takes this break. And I hope that she is able to take a good rest able to feel rejuvenated to come back to bring this webtoon, um, you know, to its conclusion whenever we get there. I'm just really excited about this story. I've been following it for so long. It's one of the earliest webtoons I've ever read, and I am just here for the journey, and I hope you guys are too. Each Tuesday, I like to share a Webtoon recommendation from one of our podcast listeners, and this week's recommendation comes from Natalie Collins on Instagram, who said, A Webtoon I extremely recommend is The Kiss Bet. It's becoming one of my favorites for the cute art and the wide range of characters in it. It follows a girl named Sarah Lynn, and I swear you will absolutely fall in love with her, who is so sassy and literally who I ship her with changes every episode, which makes it such a great slash exciting read. Thank you so much for that recommendation, Natalie. Yeah, I love The Kiss Bet. It is so cool. I think the first time I heard of it, I'm a patron of um, Jewel Swan who creates Edith and she talked about the kiss bet on her little podcast for her patrons. Check that out if you have a chance. Patreon is a world of wonderful 
extra content from the people we love who create the webtoons that we love and they can have recommendations on there too so i ended up reading the kiss bet a little while ago and i love it and i know it just recently returned from a break and i have to catch up and i cannot wait it is so good you guys please 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 check out the kiss bet if you want to have multiple ships literally like two to three ships where you don't know where to ship your main character if you're missing that in your life check out the kiss bet on webtoon Wow, you made it to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to Girl Wonder. We currently have no sponsors, so here is a shout out to a random listener instead. This week's shout out goes to Conico on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate you. New episodes of Girl Wonder are uploaded on Tuesdays. I'm Joe Rochelle, and we'll talk again next week. Bye. Bye.